Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship podcast is back at it. After week two, our experts, Justin McCor, the When I Move, You Move team manager, and one trophy husband, Rob Fetcher, are here and positioned to advise you on just what's going to happen in week three. And you know what? These are smart guys, and they're you can join all of us in saying, really, that they just don't have a damn clue. But what will help them tonight is the bar is open. Tell Jimmy Johnson and tell Kevin Williamson. And be realizing one thing, that I, Farrell Elliott, your commissioner, will try to keep these guys somewhat level-headed in their responses. Guys, um, how things go for you? First of all, if, first of all, if the Colts continue to play the way they are, you're not going to be able to close the bar down. As sh- as as show host, I reserve the right to open up the topics. Now, Fetch, as a co-host, has <laughs> jumped in here and already gone into my uh, paperwork here. So we're going to talk about the Colts first, since Fetch has already let that out of the bag. I was told to. Um, Play Naheem Hines, where I had him, and I think that was very good advice. I went on the waiver wire in the FFPC and picked up one Paris Campbell on a team that I was a little down at receiver. I didn't think I had good matchups, and I started Paris Campbell, bringing a week two donut to my roster's uh, uh, scoring. The fetch, um, Matt Ryan um, was to be the 2022 savior of the Colts and all of a a productive passer with a fantastic rushing game of the number one player picked in the KFFSC on a regular basis, running back Taylor. Um, Now he was without his two starting receivers because I will call Alec Pierce a starter and I I naturally Pittman is, is the number one receiver. The team doesn't seem to have a defined tight end and they tried to play this past week with some young players at the positions. But I don't think that's an excuse. Last year, everybody wanted to pin the tail of loser on Carson Wentz. We might find out that it's not Carson Wentz responsible for some of the things in Indianapolis. But I tell you what, there are pox on the fantasy landscape this past week, whether you drafted Taylor in the first round, Pittman in the third and fourth, or whether you got a double-digit Hines or Alec Pierce or you picked up Paris Campbell, whatever you did with the Indianapolis Colts, it was the wrong move and the bad move. Fetch, they're going to straighten this out. Uh, history says they will. Mm. History says they will. They have Back struggled. when they had Peyton. They, kind no, of history no, no. The history about? is since 2013, they have not won in Jacksonville, even though Jacksonville's had some very, very bad teams. They have also not won an opener in the last six years okay. since they seem to have this new strategy of starting a new quarterback every year since Andrew Luck has okay. left. So I do believe as Coach Reich and the offensive staff figures out what Matt Ryan can do in this offense, it will get better, but it better happen faster. For that's that's awfully sweet of you to think that this is going to get better, and it is not. It it's not going to get better this week against the Chiefs, right? No, that's not going to happen. No, no. I would say that in Week Four, when the Colts go up against the Titans, I'd say, well, somebody has to win that game. 
But from what I saw in week one, the Colts have already proved that no, they no one has to win a game. Now it's clear that Pittman does someone have to win a division then? Mm-hmm. Pittman without him, there's no there's no deep threat. There's no real passing threat. And they were not able to scheme or block for Taylor enough to to stay in the game. Now, they only lost this game by 24 points to the Jaguars. We saw teams. <laughs> that sounds like a lot, but we saw teams come back from that sort of deficit uh, this year. 24 points is in in the in the modern NFL, the passing game, the 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 keyed in on the offense where the defense has you know their hands behind their back. You should not feel out of a game. Down yeah, by what uh, the, the Colts are down at halftime. The, the, the modern the third. The modern NFL is not taking place in Indianapolis right now. They couldn't move the ball, score the ball, protect the ball, protect the quarterback, and and the quarterback is holding on to the ball very very long, and it's it just doesn't look good. And you know what does look good, guys? Is the KFFSC top ten or top three teams? Uh, FPI, PK Daddy. And royal family. Everybody knows FPI and uh, Petra and Larson. They are one and ten. They probably have another team in the top twenty if I scroll down far enough. Uh, PK Daddy is Pat Kelly. Never plays a lot of teams with us, but what he does play, he plays very, very well. I think three teams this year. He's in the number two spot. And tip of the cap to uh, royal family early bird. You know, in the NFL. There's commentary that if you're a West Coast team coming to play in the East, you don't want an early morning start. Uh, Jeff Jackeen is a West Coast man coming to play fantasy football in the East at 7.30 a.m. start. Uh, no, all right, that 10.30 a.m. start gives him a 7.30 Pacific time start. He drafted very, very well in the early bird. All those, uh, the first two are over 400 points on the season. Jeff Jackeen uh, checking in at 3.83. Uh, damn it, Bobby, that's a great friend of Fetch's, Jim Cole. It's interesting how we got guys in here that are real fans of Fetch's in the top four. <laughs> Kirby and Melissa drop all the way uh, to number nine, which is not that big a drop. That's a consistent play. I wish my I wish my best playing teams, uh, best scoring teams in week one had done as Kirby and Melissa's did and, and kept them in the top ten. Uh, and a young man new to the to the group, uh, Peter Tobias. To, to Peter Tobias is Team Albert Tobias, uh, a Tulane University student uh, from New Orleans that plays online, and I look forward to him joining us sometime live. Uh, congratulations, Pete! You're getting the semester off to a good start. Number eleven spot in the KFFSC, and our beloved uh, J.A. Carey and Mike Fox, DWI Green, they're in eighth spot. Okay. Now, there's some other guys there, but you look at all of them, all 10 of them. No Jonathan Taylor in the top 10. Uh, Fetch, it's Indianapolis. We'll stay with you. When's Jonathan Taylor going to get it going? He will. I mean, he will. No, no, I said when, sir. Because let me ask you. This week, he'll get it going this week. They will run the ball on Kansas City. I don't even know. I don't understand the question. Well, well, the question is, when is Jonathan Taylor going to pay dividends consistent with his draft? Well, in week one, he had 160 yards and a touchdown. I don't know what you're looking for there. I'm looking for the consistency. When you get the number one player in the draft, now you don't expect him to to do 160 yards every game. But we're two weeks into the season, and we have a zero. 
a goose egg from a team with the number one pick. Right. But it means Jones, something isn't working against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, the Jaguars are not who they were two years ago. The Jacksonville last Jaguars. Year. Okay. And Michael Pittman was out, and he didn't. Jonathan Taylor didn't give you a goose egg, and you have him for the entire regular fantasy football season without a bye week. You're going to be Justin. Fine. How many points, uh, Jonathan Taylor, this past weekend was it seven? Seven point six. Yeah. Seven point six. That's your number but, one. But I, I, Justin gives a great point. I mean, no, and and you talk about all these teams in the top who don't have Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor. It's not the Jonathan Taylor owners that should be worried about that. Mm, really? Yeah. Because the Jonathan Taylor owners are going to be just fine. Right. And they're, yeah, because if, okay, uh, what's the point differential between team one and team 50? Uh, about 60 points. Okay, that's not that much yeah. for a long season. Oh, yeah, I agree. Okay. However, I will tell you this. If you, after week three, after week three in the KFFSC, <laughs> which will go through week 13 of our regular season, it's 23% over. Fetch is guaranteeing me a good game from Jonathan Taylor. But I'm curious if we get that good game this weekend. Um, so, okay, the Jonathan Taylor is something that you guys want to take. Uh, uh, you guys want to take exception to me bringing up. I think I you could take half of the top picks you know, the t- of the first round. All right, let's talk about that because the, the – Here's a question. You look at Devontae First Adams. Round, week one wide receiver versus running back. Which would have been the better way to go so far? Wide receiver versus running back in the number one, in the number round. Like for Austin Eckler, a quiet first week, a solid second week, 18 points, most of it coming in the second half. Where would you where were you, Fetch? Where were you, Justin, in that first round? Did you go receiver? Did you go running back? And and which which was the right play so far for you? I'll go first here. Uh, a little bit of both. When I was at the end of the draft and I got some teams with a uh, DeAndre Swift and Barkley or some a Najee Harris and a and a Barkley, some kind of mix of those. Those teams are doing well. Mm-hmm. And on the front end, when I got Cooper Cup a couple times, those teams are doing well. So I. You can do it different ways. I do think the receiver with uh, the running backs that you can get, that you got, you know, pick six through nine, have worked out the best, but it can all change. Uh-huh. This this league is unpredictable. We talk about the Colts playing bad these two weeks. It can switch on a dime and somebody else could hit, you know, somebody figure something out on a scheme on a team. and it It's ridiculous change. to talk about consistency after two weeks. All right. No consistency. Let's talk Let's, about, okay, let me go over some first-round no receivers. Con, no consistency. No, I'm going to go over some first-round receivers. All right, you want to talk about Adams. Let's, Adams let's, had a down no, game. No, let, had a okay, C.D. Lamb. Uh, see, I okay. think we all know why C.D. Lamb didn't have as good a game as we possibly could have. He didn't, well. And he had a tough game in week one. Right. C.D. So, Lamb has had a tough game. Diggs, season. of course, off the charts. Didn't have uh, Gabe Davis this week, but, you know, I don't think it would have mattered. Okay. Uh, Chase, fair. Yeah, if his quarterback will ever get off his back, you know, we're on a pace right now to sack Joe Burrow 112 times this year. That doesn't bode well for any receiver. Cup has been great. In Cincinnati. Right. So, Justin, get to your point. Jefferson, one great game, one not oh, great game Boy, now that wasn't a not great game. That was a guy that looked like he forgot how to play the position. So I just named off, some, and you know, I, 
Okay, so you you're but you're continuing to object to consistency. Right. We don't want to talk about in two games. There's no such thing as consistency. All right, we we're going to table the okay. word consistency for the rest of the podcast to honor Justin. Let's talk about somebody then who's consistently good at the quarterback position. No one drafted him anywhere. Carson Wentz. He's good for fantasy. Uh, yeah. yeah okay. I don't know that so that's why we're playing here. Right. So that's what we're interested You know, in. let's be careful when we say he's good at the quarterback. Position. He certainly wasn't good in the first half of either game this year. He's, he needs a wake-up call. A little sooner in Maybe the those five sacks would have woken him up when he yeah, took. Yeah, well, you would think. Um, okay. Here's something that's consistent that doesn't look to me like it's going to change. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown. This uh, this player's productivity all over the field, especially in the red zone, has actually elevated golf to where he could be considered to be a fantasy football fill-in quarterback. Uh, fetch your thoughts on St. Brown. How often did you get him? And when did it become in your awareness to go get him? I got him, I think, on two teams. I, I got him in the fourth round. My biggest mistake there was I probably went a little too much Allen Robinson. So where I didn't get Allen, I got uh, Amon St. Brown there. And I think all along we, we saw this great end of the season with him. Um, we saw the young talent there with DeAndre mm -hmm. Swift and – now they've uh, drafted the, the Jamison Williams out of Alabama. So the trajectory is great. And, and I'm telling you, it's, it's a weird statement, but I really love the energy they had on Hard Knocks. And I think that also mm -hmm. lured me into this team that I, I feel like they're going to be a winning team. And more importantly, they're going to be a fighting team. So they're that team that when they do get down two touchdowns, they're not quitting. They're, they're going to keep giving the effort. They're going to keep playing their starters. They're going to keep trying mm. to create that winning chemistry because they're not there this year, but maybe they're a playoff team next year, and he's going to be a big part of that. Justin, are you in business with Detroit Lions we've spoken of here? I, I think for fantasy purposes, yes. They have a weak secondary. They're giving up points, and they're not afraid to throw the ball. So that has done well for St. Brown and Goff in these first two games. Uh, another big benefit is whoever's playing the Lions, uh -huh. as he said, with this secondary. And that's, I think, a little bit – I hate to bring the word consistency out. Oh, no, we can we bring still it don't. We still it. haven't seen the, the, the opposition, these matchups. Who really – I mean, is this Ravens secondary bad, or was it just an outstanding performance by these two great wide receivers? Well, since everyone's not watching the television, we're wow. talking about the Ravens and Dolphins. Right. Uh, I want to stick with uh, – Detroit just for just for one moment. Uh, one of the things you could count on in the past uh, in Detroit, good games, bad games, losing games, was Hawkinson was a player that would put up fantasy points. Uh, he was still being drafted um, in the FFPC as about the sixth tight end off the board, I think. Um, later here perhaps but this have you guys watched enough of the lions and watched enough of hawkinson to say that perhaps he steps up and and regains some of his influence in the offense or you know you you think with your head coach a former tight end it's a position that would 
would be somewhat celebrated in the offense. But right now, uh, that seems to be the one player that that really looks lost in the offense. You look for opportunities at that position. And he received seven targets in week one and seven targets in week two. Consistent. And so (laughs) when I look at the tight end position, and it it is bleak this year for fantasy purposes. Hawkinson has some potential and some some. There's reason for optimism. Yeah, because he's still they're still throwing the ball. Right, and it it doesn't it. Yeah, and and you would think that's in there. I in in evaluating a team as I got ready to draft, I, I said no Hawkinson. I said just something didn't feel right. St. Brown and you know who really really kept working me on St. Brown and finally sold me on it was Stacy Perez. Stacy is a big St. Brown fan, and Stacy's obviously been watching the games. And what a great end of the year he had. And, you know, I elevated him and drafted him everywhere. And then Swift. Uh, Swift uh, is a player that uh, C. Dot Harris has, has been celebrating for a long time. And then certain, you know, you, we listen to the people we compete with and play, uh, play with and against, and, and it's a beneficial. To, to really, when, when someone's passionate about players, to really figure out why. So, so far, with the Detroit Lions, Fetch, if, if you're right, if they're a winning program, uh, perhaps uh, perhaps that'll be a team that we can we can get right on. But what wasn't right was, was the Monday Night Football, anything about it. From a schedule standpoint, I'm watching two games. I felt like I watched none. Uh, but let's start uh, with the second game. Jalen Hurts owned the field, and it was fantastic to watch. And of that triumphant of quarterbacks, uh, Lance, Fields, and Hurts, Hurts was my guy. The other two were never drafted. Now I'm just wishing more Hurts. Based on some of the play of the quarterbacks that Justin alluded to earlier, uh, Hurts seems to look better in game value every day. Justin, how many uh, how many teams you have with the Eagles quarterback heading your position? I don't have any any Hurts teams. No Hurts teams for you? No, I was either uh, a Lamar guy or a wait on the on the position. Okay. Okay. Well, you could wait uh, you could wait what, a couple rounds in Kentucky, two to three rounds later would get you Hurts or were they closer bunch than that? Uh it you know it would depend on the draft you're in. Uh-huh. There's there's great variability there, but he's one of those guys where he does stand out from the others, uh-huh. and that's that's why it makes it difficult for me to put draft capital his way because you do have to either you have to take him early, earlier than his ADP by a uh-huh. significant margin to guarantee that you get him, or you probably run a thirty percent chance of actually getting him near his ADP. Because someone else is going to take. Yeah. So when you went with Jackson, that was a winning formula. So far, so so good. When you waited, mm-hmm. which teams did you like better? Uh, some I like the Jackson team. Some I like the the waiting teams. It's a combination of the other players at the position. Fetch uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, is he beginning to look like now a quarterback that you can count on in, in fantasy? Is this a player that you could have drafted in double digits if you had waited on the position and now have you a weekly starter? I, 
he is in one of my uh, one of my teams that I think is in the top 150 in points, two and zero. Oh. I have Trevor Lawrence. He had started both my first two games, and he's getting me 20 points, and it allowed me to get so much more depth at the flex type positions. And I do think, yeah, he, he's just getting better and better. And along with that, he's just getting a great chemistry with Christian Kirk. Well, it gets better. They spend gets so, better every game during. And, every and then, game. then you know, if, if James Robinson keeps uh, playing like the two years ago, James Robinson, I mean, we've got something here in Jacksonville. But one of the reasons why we're seeing these late or rarely drafted quarterbacks being such viable options is the complete underperformance of these other quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. When we, when you think Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Russell, Joe Burrow. Yeah. You know, the, the Matt Stafford to a degree, uh, of course, you know, Trey Lance, if you would invested the, you know, if that was your guy going into this season, mm-hmm. didn't even get a chance to develop uh, Kyler Murray would be underperforming your expectations here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Derek Carr to an extent would be underperforming Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Kirk Cousins after last night's game, sure. Oh, now it's only been two weeks, but it, but these performances by these stalwart quarterbacks that you can usually just set in your lineup and collect your twenty points and go is making these other late and waiver wire uh, additions look so much better. And it causes some volatility uh, in the standings and some opportunity for teams that may not have scored well or won their matchups yet. You know. Um, Kirk Cousins of that group concerns me the least because I have determined that after watching that game, that Kirk Cousins cannot be embarrassed. He just, he just, he, he would be, if he were, he would be too embarrassed to keep throwing that same pass as being knocked down, intercepted, and barely completed. Uh, and that final drive that uh, Minnesota let the clock, the garbage time extraordinaire. I don't think garbage time exists um, in in the NFL, but Kirk Cousins found it, and uh, then they get down the field and don't try to score the ball. It was a it was a difficult thing to to watch that game from a fantasy perspective. Fenton warned us. Fenton warned us on the Kirk Cousins. Oh, is it Fenton was, was oh, no, uh, prognosticating a little bit. JR JR Fenton hit a few selections uh, this week. I was proud of him. We hit a few last week. You guys want to uh, claim um, responsibility for some of your bounce backs? Fetch, I don't think I don't think we can call Allen Robinson a bounce back, although he did show that he was still on the team. Uh, the, uh, uh, what are some that you guys were uh, happy to see in week two that you saw very little of in week one? I think the big one is Amari Cooper. The fact yeah. that he's going to be, a, that Brissett can find him. Uh, and again, maybe that was a little matchup too. They were playing the Jets, but again, when they do play a bad Stop team. saying again, Fetch. Take a drink, Justin. Set again. <laughs> I'm trying to keep the bar open, Justin. Yeah. trying to keep our bartenders well tipped. But just feel like that uh, makes people feel better that, that Brissett knows he's in the offense and can find him. Irv Smith finding the end zone. Even though I was a little concerned, he did set out a little bit last night when they were behind another two uh, tight end sets. I mean, it took Keenan Allen being away, but Mike Williams had a game. 
Uh, but for every player that Fetch's name, there have been other players that dropped off the map this week as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the Devontae Adams receiving 17 targets or so in week one was but I, I barely in the box. Th- this goes to how much this league has become a matchup league, mm-hmm. especially in the passing game. Teams used to just take away the run and see things. Now you got teams focusing on taking certain targets away from the wide uh, the quarterback, like a Devontae Adams, or maybe it's a tight end someplace. Yeah, we haven't seen, like we talked earlier, we haven't seen much of a slot receivers right. this yep. year. That used to be, you know, something that you would hang your hat on in fantasy football is getting those slot receivers in a PPR contest. And, you know, part of that is, as you say, they're keying in on guys, and we're going to we're seeing players move around the formations more, too. And we, we saw the slot receiver down in Miami. But yeah. Yeah, I, they got a couple I, of them. I always, but, yeah, you know, guys – Number two running backs. Um, Jeff Wilson moves in for Elijah Mitchell, uh, played solid uh, in a situation where he lost his quarterback and Garoppolo came on. And uh, we can talk a little later about whether or not you guys feel that Garoppolo would be a worthwhile pickup. Um, the uh, uh, Raheem Mostert uh, filled in in uh, Miami. Both these guys got double-digit points at the running back position, so let's talk about them if they need to continue to play. Oh, William, uh, Darrell Williams out in uh, Arizona with a big game after Connor went down. Uh, these guys all make solid starts for you coming up this week if you need them. Uh, yeah. Uh, who do you not like, Justin? Today? It's not that I don't like him. It's that there's nothing solid about him. Okay, you, you object to the word solid. Yeah, I think, you, I think you probably have better options already on your bench. I doubt if you do. Here, here's the problem. If you went with this strategy of the wide receiver, we talked about you going the wide receiver early and then you waited on running back, you're going to get into this realm of, of the hot hand at uh-huh. running back. You know, we saw Cam Akers finally getting some playing time, and he, he in the second half got a lot more carries than Daryl Henderson. Uh, just check that. Oh, in the second half only? In the second half, okay. yes, they would. Right. That's, that's this hot hand um, philosophy by some of these coaches in that they're going to use multiple running backs and then find out who they feel comfortable with in the second half and kind of ride them. Let's go to Denver and talk about who you're going to ride at Denver. Justin, you, uh, uh, I know you were counting on one of the things we talked about last week after seeing Uncle Albert play uh, against Seattle and catch six balls for short yardage. You were counting on uh, this player is where a lot of fantasy, uh, a lot of fantasy players this week, and uh, he stuck you with a zero. I wasn't. No, that must not have been me. You don't have Uncle Albert. I've got him in a couple of places, drafted very, very late. But no, I'm not counting on him anywhere. Who'd you have a tight end in the FFPC this week? Uh, ooh, Taysom Hill. Oh, Taysom. Was he a waiver wire pickup or a draft pick? He was a waiver wire pickup. What did he score this week? Uh, not very much. 1.1. Oh, geez. Well, the FFPC would be a little more, but. I think it was all rushing yards, so it wouldn't be, would it? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, they, yeah, so I might have to roll with Noah Fant, but there's a couple guys. <laughs> oh, that's I was confused. I confused your tight ends. Uh, but, well, whoever had Uncle Albert and Yardsley, in the FFPC, I think you were spending about a 10th round pick on him. Uh, that player got you a zero. Let's stick with Denver. Your two running backs there seem to be uh, – they're equally splitting opportunities, I think, Fetch, but they're 
they're not splitting opportunities in in the winning way that we expected those opportunities to be given. Cortland Sutton is obviously the number one receiver. Judy appears to be hurt again, and Russell Wilson is struggling mightily. Um, do the Broncos get any of this straightened out? It's Monday night or Sunday night's game against the 49ers this week. A, a tough defense, I think. Very tough defense. Again, I, I, I got to you have a situation where you have a new quarterback and a new head coach. So it's going to take time for them uh -huh. to figure out what plays they like, what things they can work on together. So I think maybe not this week, but I think we'll see a steady incline as this offense I think gets once more comfortable. Judy's healthy again and KJ Hamler is healthy. Uh, the offense can take off a little more. It's great for fantasy purposes uh, if you're a Cortland Sutton owner to see that many balls forced his way but it's not helping the team right now to have one option. Well, by by then, uh, once once they get it, uh, once they get it all fixed up, at least maybe the other guys can line up in the right position. This is the perfect example of a new coach, a new quarterback, and no preseason snaps. And what a recipe for disaster that is. We'll take a break now and come back uh, for the second half of our show and talk a little more about what to expect in Week Three. Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship enters its week two, oh, eve of week three podcast, the second half. I will be the New York Jets. Justin McCord will be the Arizona Cardinals. The Miami Dolphins won Robbie Fetcher. We will have a stellar second half. I want to be the Dolphins. Of this podcast. Okay, sir. <laughs> you may be the Dolphins. Um, you know, guys, I want to throw some names to you that we didn't mention last week. Darrell Williams, we've previously spoken about him. Garrett Wilson, Fetch. Garrett Wilson, what a game for this rookie receiver with the Jets. Uh, this is the Wilson that we did not expect to experience prominence this early in the Jets' offense, and certainly getting the ball from Flacco, not the other Wilson. Garrett Wilson, Fetch, he going in your lineup? He's not going into my lineup, but he's definitely a player to watch as the season goes on. I want to see what the chemistry is going to be like with Zach. Anytime you have this late game comeback, sometimes numbers get inflated mm -hmm. and, and they're numbers that you can't count on for future weeks. Numbers looked good to me, but what looked good to me was the player on the field. He was getting separation. He's getting open. He's catching the ball, taking a cut up the field and, responding impressively. I, uh, I'm i wishing I had more Garrett Wilson. Here's a player no one has, and no one really got any excitement for, despite the fact you knew that he was a starting wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, and you could tell that he had a chemistry already with the quarterback. And I think all of us discounted what can be done when the professional football team gets together for a week and works hard and prepares for a game. Noah Brown was the beneficiary of all the passes and the most successful passes uh, from uh, Cooper Rush. Noah Brown, Justin, what do you think? It was impressive. I mean, he did it on five targets, five receptions, mm -hmm. right? Clean, clean, yeah. good catches. Noah Brown is an interesting player. He's been in this system for a while, right? And it seems like they never want to give him his chance. Mm -hmm. It almost seems that it's the kind of the 
failure or unavailability of other receivers mm-hmm. that has kind of forced the Cowboys' hand into putting Noah Brown in the lineup. He made the roster, and he mm-hmm. was his last man standing, and there he was. And he and now Gallup is rumored to practice soon and, <laughs> and be back on the field. We'll have to see what happens. They get Gallup back, and then you still can expect a roll for Brown. And, you know, we should have thought a little bit more of that considering all of the passing numbers that we talked about were moving out. But, no. I was putting Paris Campbell in my lineup while Noah Brown could have been had for a dollar. You know, Justin, you talked earlier about what a problem it is finding quality play at tight end. And uh, it was an afterthought, even in the FFPC. And you guys would have to instruct me if he's still a free agent in the KFFSC. But Logan Thomas, last time he was healthy, played a full season, third most production amongst all tight ends. Now, it's been a long time since he's stayed healthy, and no one expects him to now, but what a fine game he had this past weekend. Logan Thomas, Fetch, are you willing to risk it? I am. Uh, he has the athleticism. He's done it before. Carson Wentz likes tight ends. He has in the, both with Philly and with the Colts. They have a great receiving core as well. So as long as he's spreading it around, I think uh, Lance could have a good year. You know, defense is so important in the KFFSC. Some of the newer players get rocked around a little bit about it. You know, Jay Reed said, you know, I understood it. I saw it in the rules, but I just didn't understand it in reality last year. He was going out and getting his defenses earlier. I started Baltimore in the FFPC, benefited from the Devin DuVernay return. Uh, The points don't hurt. The points scored against don't hurt. I netted 11 points uh, from my Ravens-Baltimore defense. But, however, uh, in Kentucky, uh, it was one point, and I think that's more accurate of what that defense should have been given for for points because uh, they certainly didn't play any in the second half. Other teams that didn't play any uh, in the second half, uh, Miami jumped in with a minus seven. Uh, The Browns had a good thing going, minus one. Fetch your Colts were minus three, probably got started. Cincinnati Bengals were a big start. Everybody expected to go down there and and hassle the quarterback and and turnovers and small scores for the Dallas Cowboys. Cincinnati Bengals netted three points. Uh, Jacksonville Jags joined Tampa in a 30-point-plus uh, performance, uh, benefiting uh, from the shutout. And uh, Tampa was just uh, uh, impressive, as they always are, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, in reviewing what happened down in uh, Tampa, New Orleans, let's, I don't think we need to waste any time talking about all the sideline aspects other than the fact that Evans – I will say this, I'm glad to see, despite the fact that I have Mike Evans on several teams, I'm glad to see if he's going to be suspended one game that it is uh, now and that he is not um, challenging the suspension, appealing the suspension, where it might come later in the year when we're uh, close to bye weeks. Um, The... uh, Fetch, are you trying to say something, son? I believe he is. Uh, yeah, but we'll find out tomorrow. We'll find out tomorrow, but um, he has appealed it. If he has appealed it, then you can jump in there and talk anytime you want. Wow. You don't have a pointed screen. You can say, girl, that's old news. Look here. We, we got it. Uh, but uh, then I'm troubled. Uh, so we, with an appeal, 
we won't have a decision. So no, no, no. The the appeal decision is coming tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh, it is. They're doing tomorrow. a quick thing. It's you'll know tomorrow. Okay. So well, by the time this comes out, this podcast comes right. out, we'll already know. Well, I, I imagine then he gets the suspension. Yeah, I don't think and, and so. Then that becomes a non-issue. I'm just saying I'd rather he get it now mm-hmm. and get it over with when I got my choices for some other receivers. Uh, and I, that's a fantasy football uh, situation. But who in Tampa would you start this week? I think that's a very interesting. Start question. Julio. Who is he going to be healthy? <laughs> yeah, I think he'll he'll play. And if he doesn't, you start Gage. I mean, unless you have better options, then you might. But I think either of those guys in a flex or a third wide receiver position is just fine. Where well, well, going? Can I flex like Perriman did on his touchdown this weekend? Well, it's not going to happen. You better do it this week. It ain't going to happen next week. Green Bay's going down there, and I think the quarterback summed it up pretty well. Rodgers said, oh, we just hope we play a little better down there. You know, Florida is kryptonite for Rodgers. But he sure spun a very nice game with, the, with Aaron Jones' major contribution. Uh, and uh, we got to talk to we got 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 a tip of hat where it belongs, Justin McCord. Uh, Sammy Watkins playing uh, one of all, uh, Robbie Fetcher's all-time favorite players. Sammy Watkins contributing when the contribution was needed and giving the uh, Packers a, a big win uh, against the Bears. Uh, Fetch, you gonna keep Sammy in your lineup? Sammy is not on my team. This oh, year, you just couldn't. You couldn't. I couldn't find him in enough. You had to spots. cut the proverbial cord. I, I really believe every time somebody, you know, I wasn't drafting. I would draft him in the 16th, 17th round. I swear people would see I'm coming up and they would just snag him on me every time. No, I have him in the draft masters and I still don't think he cracked the lineup. Yeah, well, he's. Uh, He's contributing nicely in but, that But the Packers season. give hope to all these teams that are struggling. That shows you can change it in just a week. Just tweak it, find mm-hmm. out what what your team does better. I mean, they had a lot of changes with yeah. Adam. Schedule Gold. the Bears. That'll, that'll, <laughs> help, that'll help you very, very quickly. If you want to get right, see how quickly the Bears come and the schedule. And, you know, when we were talking about Detroit earlier, I said, I'm going to circle those weeks when they're playing the Bears. That would be an interesting wrinkle in the NFL system if you could also use your salary cap to blind bid on the schedule <laughs> and say, yeah, we want to, we're going to bid this much to play the Bears this week and see, you know, and then there'd be a big select, a big schedule show every week to, re, you know, release this week. Don't schedule. give them, don't give them any ideas. You know, baseball, baseball will go to that long before, uh, long before football would have to make those kind of decisions. Uh, guys, let's talk about um, what we are looking at um, with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, no, we're not going to get this out of digs every week. But w- what I see on every play is extra effort. What I see in, in, in every player they appear faster than they have in, in their career. J- Jameson Crowder has discovered the fountain of youth somehow. He explodes. I wonder if this is a case of having so much skill on the offense where I've often said and heard less is more. If, if you've got less time on the field and when you get your opportunity on the field, you're impressive with it. Everyone from the aged Jameson Crowder to the rookie Khalil Shakir Fetch. Boy, they brought it out against the Tennessee Titans, didn't they? It's confidence, Farrell. When, yeah. when, when you have confidence, you know the ball is going to be where it's going to be. You run the routes. You know things are going to work when you have this quarterback back there 
with what he's doing and just all the different ways he can beat you with his legs, with his arm. And they have so many weapons. The only thing I hope both for uh, Josh Allen and Bill's Mafia, they run the ball just a little bit more just to protect him and protect uh, the rest of the guys out there. you got to be able to run the ball some. Maybe as the weather uh... – Maybe as the weather changes, we'll see more of that uh, in, in Buffalo. Area. That's always been the chink in the armor on that offense is the running game. and uh, uh-huh. They have done a little to a- address it, but it, they, they haven't seen any returns on that yet. Yeah. Uh, the, the, their schedule's getting interesting. They're, they got Miami coming up, and then Baltimore, uh, a game of Pittsburgh, and then, of course, uh, against the Chiefs in week six, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I know they've circled that game on their calendar, and and that's the real meat of the schedule yeah. for them. It's not a terribly not difficult schedule after that. It's right? not the division schedule. That's so. a good point, Justin. And, and you know, Singletary uh, looks to be a different runner this year than he has in past years. And he, he catches the ball well. He's always been able to do that. I, I really like uh, Singletary. And, and, and another, you know, eyes on the AFC West. Uh I guess I will say it until everybody's tired of hearing it, but I think they're going to beat the hell out of each other. And when it comes time to play Buffalo Bills in the playoffs, they're not going to have a lot left to show up because, you know, we're already seeing that with the Chargers. Denver can't get started. The Raiders are 0-2. And so the answer is Kansas City. And and that's probably where we're going to see uh, in in championship game unless somebody steps up and – does something differently. Um, I'm pretty happy with my teams uh, in Las Vegas. I think that uh, I would like to uh, have a moment, have a team where I just had a week where I did not have to have a lot of free agency and a lot of lineup changes and, you know, Keenan Allen's situation last week, Pittman's situation last week. Here we are in week two, and we're already missing a lot of players. The Dallas situation creating ripple. What do you do with the Juju Smith-Schuster? And does, you know, do you keep him in your lineup? Do you take him down? Do you give these Already, uh, you, you think this is, okay, the draft, I can sit with my team a little bit, see how it develops. You know, it's it's off to the races. You've got decisions you've got to make now. Fetch, what was your toughest decision that you had Sunday outside of Naheem Hines and Paris King? My guy, Amari Cooper and Devontae Smith, two guys who, uh, you know, have struggled week one. Mm. I was able to find place to get Amari Cooper in the lineup. Was not Devontae Smith. And Devontae Smith showed he was going to be a part of that offense this week. So that makes me happy for future weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this this league is, I mean, the days of consistently starting your, oh, I'm going to start my first four wide receivers are drafted, my no next way. two run of time. It doesn't no happen way. anymore. With, with the 17 game, uh, 17 week uh, game schedule, you got more injuries. Coaches want to make sure if you have a soft tissue injury, mm-hmm. they don't want it. They want it one week and done. They'd rather set you out that week than have it linger. Thursday night games. All these things build up to guys missing games, matchups, teams keying on people. There's a lot of your wide receiver three and X positions that are going to be matchup 
decision. So I trust me, look at the defense you're playing. Are mm. there going to be points? Try to get players in games that there's going to be a lot of points scored in. You know, and you're the uh, podcast historian, Fetch. So you've talked about your your Colts historical, historically suffering in Florida and having a hard time getting started. What do you say about these Packers that historically struggle in Florida? You're going to play uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and I don't play anybody else. Even the quarterback. Even the quarterback. All right. Justin, your toughest decision from the past weekend? Uh, it was always from I, – I almost always default to a wide receiver in the flex position. Mm-hmm. In a PPR league, it's almost always the right choice. Not always, but almost always. And with guys like uh, Julio Jones – being ruled out late into the week, I often found myself debating on putting a running back in there. And it was guys like, you know, Rashad Penny or Michael Carter, Brees Hall, or you know, yeah. Tony Pollard was a, was a good selection. Yeah. But I often found myself looking down at the receivers and saying, well, Elijah Moore or Rashad Penny or it's guys like, you know, receivers that I had faith in, but hadn't really produced just yet. I had, you know, had Curtis Samuel rostered a couple of places and picked him up uh, a lot of others. And he was an automatic put in the lineup mm-hmm. there, but there were some other guys that I feel will produce, but have not yet. And that was a tough choice for me. You know, you, you talk about, uh, uh, you talk about what's happening with the Washington football team, your situation with uh, their rookie, Jahan Dotson. Wow. What a great start this player is on. It was a big weekend for a lot of rookies. Yeah, Chris Chris Alave finally had a lot of 13 points. Drake yeah. London having Drake London. London yeah. is, London and of course, Traylon Burks is the only receiver worth owning right now in Tennessee. Uh, I'll, I'll take. I've got a bet going on with Dave Turp. Uh, I have uh, I have Bobby Trees and he has Burks, and the score is seven to five. Most catches for the season. Mm-hmm. Both of those receivers caught a tepid four balls this weekend. Um, okay, guys, I know what my toughest decision is coming up. I, and, and I preface this with saying, oh, I've got these injuries and these issues in week two. Here we go to week three, probably the most uh, commonly held player on all of my fantasy football teams is Dalton Schultz. And so now I sit and wait for the medicals. Fetch, have you heard anything? PCL, he'll probably miss. PCL, he'll probably miss. I know uh, Dr. Jerry Jones is going to Jerry, push Jerry, for him to play, Jerry. but I think the other doctors in the Cowboys organization are going to try and hold him out. Jerry, Jerry will go in and Jerry will go in and rub a little rub and tussing on that and get him all straightened out. He'll be just fine. Fetch, congratulations on your trophy husband team. You're doing pretty good. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, you're going to get a little time in front of the television this weekend. Maybe some of the girls' sports season's over. Maybe you can watch a little football. Never ends. But I'd watch some this weekend. Yeah, watch a little football. Yeah, yeah. Justin, I think you're watching more football this year than you've watched before. Um, is Am I right about that? It's probably about the same as last year. But, yeah, the, the, the girls are a little older, uh-huh. and uh, I can carry the tablet around if I need to. I watched house. so much football and replays of so much football that uh, my eyes are actually falling out of my head. And I realized that if you sit in the recliner too long, you can actually hurt your hip. Uh, you know, so you, you got to get moving to watch a little football. Did you pull up Bo Jackson in the recliner? It is, yeah, exactly. Okay. It is, it, but it has been glorious, and I cannot wait uh, to 
this Thursday night and then uh, with schedules that involve me traveling to some some colleges this week to see some uh, the 2023 draft class. I appreciate you guys coming in on a Tuesday night and, and talking it up. Hopefully we'll be right about some things. And, you know, based on what's happened in uh, the KFFSC so far, we could have a uh, all-night show and talk football all night because it's such a compelling season. Uh, shout out to everyone who's doing well. And as this Fetch and Justin tell you, if you're not doing well, we don't want to know you. <laughs> there's plenty of time oh, to get okay. the yeah, changes. No. Yeah, no. No, keep, yeah. You don't want to hear from anybody. Stay the course. <laughs> Consistency's not a true word in Justin's vocabulary. Not in two weeks, so it's you, not. You, you, you could come back. You have plenty of time to score those points. We will be 23% of our way in of our regular season after week three. Well, some of us play longer than 11 weeks. Yeah. Historically. We play, everybody in the KFMSC <laughs> plays 13 weeks. And and uh, many play beyond that. Guys, thanks for tuning in tonight. We wish all of you a big, big week three. And we'll see you next week.